Welcome to Oakwright's In The Frame, episode seven. In The Frame is all about building your dream home. Oak framing, design, planning, giving you guidance all the way through your journey. Today, I am here in rural Herefordshire in a beautiful hidden valley. I'm with Andrew and Linda, and we're going to talk all about the design and building of a passive house and the journey that Andrew and Linda have taken right from the initial idea all the way through to us sitting here in this beautiful home. What's become far more significant is that they are just incredible to live in. Just a very calming, safe place to be. People are bound to ask, or be thinking of it as we're chatting away, how much has that house cost to build? So, Andrew Linda, just let's take a step back. When did you first gain an idea or your thoughts? How did you start on your journey of self-build and how did we end up with a passive house? I suppose it was about 2013 we decided we wanted to move. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to run a small B&B. And so we started looking for houses that we could adapt and we couldn't find anything. And then one day we just happened to go past a barn conversion and had a look and the estate agent was there so said come in have a look around and we thought this is rather nice all these beams look absolutely great so the idea then was barn conversion we couldn't find what we wanted the natural progression from the barn conversion is build your own yes now that's interesting i started off my career as a carpenter renovating barns and that was trying to convert buildings that were designed for the animal habitation turning them into a building that was suitable for human habitation and you do have to make a lot of compromises so i can understand that how you'd look and they look wonderful and when you actually start to think about exactly how would i like to live there are quite a few compromises to be made and that's where designing and building your own barn style home comes in really doesn't it yes and we went to lots of national exhibitions um, and saw a number of stands with different oak frame companies and one of them was oak rights yes (laughs) and it just happened that we spoke to you Um, linda was off finding out about how to find a plot and the plant dealing with planning and you were talking to me about the, the products that you have and you mentioned passive house and i tried to show i had some idea of what you're talking about, but I'd never heard the phrase before, but scuttled off to find Linda and said, you've got to come back and see this guy because we need to find out a bit more. And it sort of moved on from then. Um, We looked things up and decided that this was the way we wanted to go, an oak frame, passive house. And that's interesting. And I think sometimes we can get too caught up and it's a, you know what you know. And because we live in the world of of self-build, and construction and pushing the boundaries of what can be done. We're always interested in what's out there. And Passive House, while to us we fully understand what Passive House is, sometimes I find I forget that actually to the majority of people, it is not out there and people do not understand what it is and and so that's very interesting that you mentioned that you know that uh, you, you, you knew a little bit but uh, what we need to appreciate is that we need to probably try and help to get the message across to people about what Passive House is, how it works and what the benefits are and that not everybody understands and not everybody lives in our world. I I suppose there there are two aspects and our initial interest was the idea that this high level of insulation and keeping heating bills really, really low was, was very attractive. What's become far more significant is that they are just incredible to live in. 
Yes. The environment inside is just comfortable all the time, absolutely everywhere. And it's the, the living experience, I think, which has taken over from the initial idea, this will be cheaper to run as a house. That's, yeah, so... Uh, Initially, you, I think that is it. He's, you look at her, well, what, what benefits? How is it going to work? How, how, how are the mechanics? How does it actually help us? Uh, but then once it goes beyond the cost of, does it reduce my cost of living? Is what, what environment does it create to live in? Yeah. And that's great to hear that it, and it is a beautiful, we're sat here in your lovely sitting room. And it is a great feeling, isn't it? It really is a very pleasant atmosphere within the house. And that's something I suppose, Going back to being a carpenter on the technical side, I'd always been looking at the product, the system, the process, the materials, and being able to use recycled uh, cellulose to make the insulation, creating a breathing wall system, which I always thought was wonderful after you know, you're used to wearing your Gore-Tex jacket, aren't you? We always appreciate the benefits of a Gore-Tex jacket and over a, uh, a plastic mac, which will keep the rainwater out or whatever, but not be a very nice environment to live in. Indeed. And uh, so that had been the initial thoughts there, but was the process about building this wall system. But it's lovely to go beyond the technical side and the construction side and to sit in a home as we are and just to really get feel that benefit and i'm only here for a moment in time but you're actually here living in the house and the, the, the comfort if we just take a step back we mentioned about so we've you've gone through the process you've been looking you talking to estate agents you've been looking at barn conversions you then decided to look at perhaps designing your own barn style house but then you need to find somewhere to build this barn style house that is your home and how did you go how you know, this is an amazing plot I mean it is the dream I look whichever way we look there are windows and every window we look through there's an amazing view so it is a beautiful plot very lucky to find but it, it doesn't come from luck does it it comes from hard work and it was just hard work uh yeah it took um full time a year to yes. actually find it um uh, every day I was travelling out, looking at plots, sites, fields, anything that might have something that we could actually get some planning permission on. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, we're just so lucky to have found it. I was actually due to come here on the Monday morning to have a look. And um, on the Sunday we weren't doing anything, so we came together um, and were just blown away by the whole environment and where were you living at the time when you were looking we were renting um a bungalow in upton on seven which is about eight miles out of yes. Morven. so you've made yeah. a choice that this was the sort of mm -hmm. area mm -hmm. so you were hunting in the area mm -hmm. i knew the area because i was born <clears throat> in Morven. ah right okay which really helped yes um but uh disappointed so many times on going to to some, look something potential was really good but when you actually got there um, it wasn't quite what it seemed. So it is, it is hard work, but you can do it. Yes. Um, it's, um, and so on this site here, this wasn't a greenfield site, was it? There was a, a building on the site. Yeah. So originally there was a small bungalow. Yes. And then somebody had bought, this is the whole area is a former fruit farm, which had then been sold into a number of different plots. Okay. And this plot the people we bought it from had knocked down the bungalow 
and got planning permission for a four-bedroom house and put in foundations. Oh, crikey, right, yes. So we were optimistic about getting planning permission. We put in for outline planning permission using a sort of standard um, equivalent to what we wanted, but Oakwright's house. Yes. That went through okay in terms of the feedback that we got. And then, working with Oakwright's, we designed the house that we've now got. Um, that meant the foundations had to come up. The old we foundation were, taken up? The, yeah. We, okay. had to, we, were, we were starting from scratch. Yes. Uh, there was lots of groundwork to do in terms of land drainage, as well as putting in all the exciting things that I got so enthusiastic about, like <laughs> sewage treatment plants yes. and drainage. And somehow Linda couldn't, you know, I was interested in this and couldn't understand why Linda wasn't. But um, I made the important decisions about the foundations and the sewage treatment plants. And Linda made the unimportant decisions about what shape should the rooms be? Yes. How tall should the ceilings be? What should the decoration be? Um, how do we design the kitchen? So, as, you know, as long as we knew who was making which decision, that was okay. Well, I think Linda made some fantastic decisions on the shape of the house <laughs> and the rooms. It's worked, working really well. Lovely, open plan, airy space, light. It's, it's, it's great, isn't it? But I do understand. I, I think if I hadn't been a carpenter, I would have been a ground worker. I just loved, <laughs> I loved drains and trenches, foundations and basements and things like that. So I, I can understand that, Andrew. And that was the process. We found the plot, but I do understand. So we always talk... You know, building your own home is it's always going to be quite stressful we try as a company we always try and help people as much as we possibly can to smooth the the, the path but you know, I do fully appreciate that it is quite challenging but I think your what the most stressful part for you what what would that have been on the on the journey for, for the over the entire journey it was the shenanigans over working with different solicitors yes so we had spoken with all the neighbors before we even start, before we even put in a, an offer for the land to say this is what we're proposing to do, how would you feel about that? The neighbours were fantastic in terms of yes, if you need to put pipes here and go under there, and we don't have a problem. But probably the most stressful thing, and it wasn't that bad, was dealing with different sets of solicitors. And this was for in in relation to what exactly? Basically, getting the legal right to put our pipe work, electricity supply through three different neighbours' sets of land. Okay, so that's the easements then, really? The easements, okay. yes. And, you know, I don't want to make a big thing of it, but actually what's more important is if that was the worst we had to do, everything else, even the planning process, but then especially the building process, was great fun. And we really enjoyed just about every single moment. It was a fantastic experience. When you say great fun, it's interesting because everything's challenging on the way through. There's always challenges, but it's the way you approach things, isn't it? Yes. And, and it can either be approached and turned into something quite challenging and stressful, or it can be approached in a way that, well, it's just another hurdle to overcome. How do we go about this? How are we going to work together to get the best result? And then it becomes enjoyable, I think, doesn't yes. it? So, good. And it was most enjoyable. I think probably the key factor there was meticulous planning. Yes. And then sticking to the plan. Yeah, was, well. You know, the, the enthusiasm of the people we were working with as well, with you guys and with our builders, it was... Uh, and the builder was Ferber Young. Ferber Young. Young. Tom yes. Ferber. Tom Ferber. Great chap. We built 
a number of projects with, with, with Ferber Young and Tom now. And Tom actually came to our attention through a, a customer was using him separately. We didn't know Tom at the time, but after meeting him, uh, you realize, wow, the, the, you know, is, a, is, a, is a chap here, a young chap who's really enthusiastic, loves what he does, and the company have gently developed, and that passion really shows in their yes. workmanship and what they like to deal with. And that's what you need is a, an enthusiastic builder, especially with oak framing, I think. You either find when you're working with a builder, if it's not working directly with ourselves under construction, you find the builder's either enthusiastic and it's great, back to being great fun, or they're not enthusiastic and it's quite a challenge. So you need yes. to hunt down that builder who's keen. And Tom is certainly keen and a great company yes. to work with. And I'd add two things to that. One was the meticulous attention to detail that they had. And the other was their willingness to build a passive house. So you can design a passive house, a lot of work involved in designing it, but if it doesn't, if it's not built correctly, it won't perform correctly. So you need that work with the builder as well. Absolutely. And it worked here. We and can, we got the certificate. Yes. Well, we can do our bit. But as you say, if you haven't got a willing builder on board to work alongside, then it is really quite uh, a, a challenge. But with a willing builder, somebody's enthusiastic, I'm not saying it's not a challenging process still because it is to a very, very high standard to achieve the air tightness, yes. to gain all the insulation values, to work it all through, working through the paperwork and the design process to gain a design that if constructed correctly will meet the Passive House standard is very challenging. And I think especially as with your home here, our desire is to build a house so I think Passive House somehow has his reputation of being uh, a rectangular mono-pitched white box in a way. And to me, they don't need to be, but it is more challenging designing a house that looks like a normal, more normal house, very attractive house, um, as yours does. So it's more challenging. And, and what I think that gains is that always our desire is to build houses where we feel they will be there for three or 400 years. We've got a beautiful oak frame, a fantastic super insulated panel system, great foundations, clay tiles on the roof. I mean, in this hidden valley, I am absolutely convinced this house will be here for hundreds and hundreds of years. And that is great back to being a, a sustainable yes. home. Yes. How much more sustainable can you be? It may cost a little bit more, but we're going to have a house that's going to be here for hundreds and hundreds of years which is, I think is a wonderful feeling when you've it gone through the building your home, yes. you can pass it on to generations to come. And just picking up your point about the, the shape, um, what Oak Rites have designed here is, you know, particularly from the roof point of view and the balconies outside, something which outside looks intriguing. And inside, we've got very tall ceilings upstairs, upside down house, we live upstairs for the views. It's just, it's not a box. It is just fantastic different shapes and exciting things to look at. Um, there's almost always something to look at which will catch your eye and make you just want to stare at it. And what, with, with what, what you've created, what, Linda, what is your favourite? What is your favourite space within the house or what, what is your favourite part of the, of the house? Um, I quite like lying on the chaise and 
just looking at all the wood. It's very calming. Yes. Mm. Um, I think probably that is my favourite place. Um, but I do like the corners where all the wood comes together at all the different angles. Um, Post, rail, yeah. principal raft and brace. I love, yeah, yes. I really do love. Um, and in our bedroom, we've got the same. And you, you almost feel like it's uh, just a very calming, safe place to be. Wonderful. And it's so quiet, so peaceful and... I'm amazed by how quiet it is. It is beautiful. Yeah. But it's interesting. So what we've really got there then is the the super efficiency of the of, of the um, thermal efficiency of the walls and the roof and the breathability, giving a lovely um, environment. And then the oak frame almost giving the character. So oh, yes, wonderful yeah. atmosphere and environment to live in, but also the character of the oak frame. So it gives a nice space mm -hmm. to live I think in. That's the, I think that's exactly the right word, which is character. Uh, early on when we used to chat about it, um, Andrew sort of described it to me as if you have a tea cosy over the house that keeps everything in. But in the summer, you can open it all out but one thing I always when I'm talking to people, and and I and again we, we mentioned earlier, but not everybody or not really that many people know about passive house. And sometimes I, I start to explain, and people say, "Oh, dearie me, I'm I'm not quite sure." So I'm going to have a house that's super insulated, and all the windows are shut, and you can never open a window. And I I always say, "Well, no, no, that isn't quite how it works. What we've got is a super insulated house." with a heat recovery and ventilation system. And yes, in the summer, why wouldn't you have the windows open when the beautiful fresh air is, is there? You have your sliding doors open and out onto the balcony, windows open. But I think the thing with a passive house is that as the weather closes in, and we tend to close our windows, in a normal house where you've got trickle vents or whatever, what you almost end up with is hot points and cold points and sort of almost drafts coming into the house. Whereas what you have here with your passive house is as the windows are closed and with the forced ventilation, you've got fresh air gently being blown into every room of the house. So a very nice atmosphere to, 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 to live in, a very healthy environment because also the air is being sucked out of the bathrooms, sucked out of the kitchen. So you're sucking all the stale air out of the house blowing the fresh air gently in. So when the windows are closed up because it's cold outside, you've got a lovely warm environment, comfortable environment throughout the house and a, and a very healthy environment all the year round. That's right. So we can open our windows much earlier in the year than the neighbours yes. and we can keep them open much later in the year yes. than the neighbours. And when they're shut, as you say, the mechanical ventilation system is the equivalent of having a window open with no drafts at all so you've constantly got a hundred percent fresh air coming into the house and the stale air being taken out and 90 percent of the heat from that air going out being recovered and put back into the house so it is constantly comfortable and fresh 365 days of the year 24 hours a day and when you say good night to your guests um it doesn't matter how long they take on the doorstep with the door open because you don't get There's the no cold draft. air come through. 
you don't get the draft. And as soon as you close the door, you go back to the temperature the you were comes before. back instantly. Lovely. That's and people great. People constantly say, oh, shut the door, shut the door, don't let the cold air in. It doesn't come in because it's, it can't escape anywhere. No. Because the air tightness is, is so good. Yes. So there are just, there are no drafts and the, the warmth, probably when you notice it most and what brings the big smile to your face is on a cold day, you open the door and there's this gentle warmth that seems to emanate from everywhere. So this is when you're coming into the house. When you're coming into the house. Yes. And uh, conversely in the summer, it's really hot outside and you're sweaty because it's humid and you open the door and there's this coolness emanating from everywhere yeah um and it's that protection from the extremes outside the relative give or take just two or three degrees celsius depending on the time of the year the same temperature throughout the year i mean in our, our old house hot humid summer nights were a nightmare and you'd have a fan on all the time um, I don't know where the fan is anymore. We've, it, we may even we may even got rid of it. You know, you, there's no question of that. A lightweight duvet throughout the year. Um, just a lightweight dressing gown, and in the winter, a lightweight cardigan is all you need as extra. So it's almost like an even temperature, it's an more even more, temperature much more even throughout throughout, the, whole throughout the year. That's good. We've got tiles in the kitchen up here with no heating underneath them. So you get up in the morning, cold winter's day, bare feet, walk straight into the kitchen to make a cup of tea, and you wouldn't notice that you'd moved from a wooden floor to a tiled floor. The temperature is the same yes. of the surfaces everywhere. So it's just constantly comfortable, fresh and airy. And I suppose the question then has to be, you know, we've, we've got beautiful, comfortable atmosphere to live in, but the question is, how much has it? How much does it cost to heat the house? So we've got a lot. How many sort of size of the house would be? So it's a little under two hundred square meters. Yes. Our last house, and we left there in about twenty fourteen, was one hundred and forty square meters. Yes. If you t and we've been looking at this just recently. If you look at total energy costs, so we had oil, electricity for heating as well. Yes. And a wood burning stove. Yes. It looks like energy prices have gone up by at least 40% in that time. Yes. So we would have been spending, if we were still there, £5,000 a year on energy for everything lighting, cooking, heating. So around about £100 a week. Yes. Here we're spending about £1,200 a year for everything. Yes. And it's difficult to estimate exactly what we spend on heating, partly because the heating comes on so seldom. But the other is that we have a ground source heat pump which provides hot water and space heating. But if you look at the energy expenditure, or rather the electricity expenditure, then there are four months of the year where it's a little bit higher. And that probably equates to 75 to 100 pounds a year for space heating. Wow. Which we're very happy with. I think, even <laughs> yes, though I would imagine you yeah, are <laughs> a bit more expensive to build it. Um, you call it well; it, it's a pension because you're not going to have the high 
knows. So it's almost do you spend it do you spend it on a yearly basis going forwards on heating on a house that's letting heat escape, which is obviously not very environmentally friendly, or do you spend it on building a passive house up front, building a high quality home which will be here for hundreds of years and then have less spending each year going yes. forward on your yes. heating. The pension gives you a guaranteed income for life. This is giving us guaranteed low energy bills for as long as we're here. Yes. And then also on the sustainability front, what could be more sustainable than a house that will stand for hundreds and hundreds of yes. years and only look better as, as time goes on? Indeed. That's absolutely right. Good. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, the other thing which I, I think I'd like to talk about is we always spoke about right from the start that you were thinking of doing a, a sort of re, semi-retirement in a way, but also doing a and b And uh, I know that Linda has set off on your B&B journey. And the idea was with it, with the house being a passive house, was to promote the B&B as a passive house experience. So... If you were thinking of for anybody going starting out on the journey or at the beginning of their journey, could come along, stay in the home, and get a feeling of what it is like to be in a passive house. So, Linda, you you started the the the, the, passive, uh, the passive house B and B business. How is it going? How is it going so far? Fabulous. Um, people that uh, have come that are interested in the house usually come. The, the men come with questions. And go through all the questions with Andrew. Um, it's on the technical side usually, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. The women aren't so sure. They want to know um, whether it's noisy, whether it's true, that it's warm everywhere. Um, they're a little bit more difficult to convince. Um, the men can't wait to get into the plant room to have a look at everything. <laughs> so they disappear, and Andrew, into the plant room. They're gone. Exactly, yes. For, for, for hours we're talking about heat pumps and... Um, mechanical ventilation yeah. the <laughs> women the are more interested in um you know oh you've got your bed in the middle of the room what's that like <laughs> yeah like that, that type of thing um so we have very different conversations um and you know they they love the idea of being able to cook fish for supper and um, by the time you go to bed you, nobody would know that you've been cooking fish or um they also um, like the thought of, of not having to put on a big jumper and put off that visit in the evening to put the electric blanket on. Um, Gosh, I'd forgotten electric blankets. All of that type of thing, you know. And I say, well, I wander around. I, I don't even own a pair of slippers. And um, you kind of, they sit and ponder and... Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's been really nice. And people, by the time they've left, you can see that the women are kind of, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm getting it. It's, it's funny. I think when you look into Passive House, it, it, it all seems, it is, it can be quite techy. And I can see from the, the, the male perspective, quite a little bit, we get into all that, you know, I say heat pumps, how is it working, panel systems, all this type of thing. And it can seem a little hair shirt in a way can't it you know yeah. I, I feel you sort of get that you know we are born again we're going to save the world and and yes we are going to save the world 
but you can also save the world and live in comfort. And it is living in comfort. What 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 you've created here absolutely That's shows that. That's become more important to us: the, the the lightness, the airiness, the comfort. Um, there is one disadvantage of living in a passive house. Yes. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Um, you don't know what clothes to wear just by looking out of the window. You will feel comfortable, warm, and there you are in your shirt sleeves and no socks and whatever. And you think, oh, just pop outside. And you open the door and it's blowing a gale and it's freezing cold. It's a bit of a shock. Yes, because you've got triple glazed windows. Yes. Um, double or triple seals, I think, on the windows. I can't remember exactly, but, but they're built to be passive house standard, which is totally airtight. Absolutely. Yes. So you're not going to get. So I think with the what we have here with the ventilation system is, it is it is controlled ventilation as, as opposed to those uncontrolled, uncontrolled. drafts. And yes. It's it is the uncontrolled, but it sometimes gets you to feel more what is going on outside when really we don't want to be feeling what's happening outside, do we? We want to be in our own lovely little cocoon almost in a way. And then when you do go outside, that's when you need your to understand and, what the weather's and doing. There, out there, there are no convection currents because the inner pane is cold. The inner pane is warm with the, the triple glazing effect. There is one slightly strange phenomenon, which is that on cold days, like this morning, you get condensation, which is actually due on the outside of the windows yes. because so little heat is going through them. Right. There we go. Amazing. Now, just one thing I was thinking is sort of back to the, I think you need, well, uh, needs to be understood on the process of the construction side, we mentioned you need an enthusiastic builder, but everything does have to be logged, doesn't it? Along the path, photographed in detail and fully shown that what is being built is correct. If, if you want to go for a passive house certification, you don't yes. have to, No, but you're right. So if you're going for certification, um, it isn't just all the data which is in the passive house planning package, but as you say, photographs, to demonstrate that the insulation was marrying up, that the air tightness tape was put in place, how the windows were put in, um, and a host of other things which we, we had to produce. And this is extensive photography, isn't it? I mean, the, yes. the folder was quite, quite massive, wasn't it? Or, 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 well, or, or on the stick was a, a lot of uh, photographs on there. So that you need to, you, you can't forget about it and remember halfway through, can you? You've got to really be following that methodically right from the very, very start all the way through and then again that's where when we are on site as a company that's great we we understand we're enthusiastic that's where you need that mm -hmm. enthusiastic builder mm -hmm. who really mm. got a grip yes. and of the, of the whole process and is doing the photography all the way through yes. and then you can gain that certificate which is a wonderful i remember the day we came and so presented the, the the plaque to you was it was it was a great day because it's an achievement to build a house and would you say did it feel difficult in a way? Did it feel, do you think it would have been more difficult than building a normal house? How did you find the, the actual, just the day-to-day -day running of the process on the way through? I don't think it was more difficult. There were small details which you needed to pay attention to. Extra insulation mm. underneath the lift and slide doors on the ground floor. Mm. Tom was very good at finding solutions yes. to any hiccups or um he would just sort of ponder it for a while and he'd come up with the answers yes. wouldn't he? Yeah. Clever and, builder. and fitting the windows it was actually tom who came up with the idea of 
an expanding foam around the outside so you've got an amazingly tight fit yeah. between the frame and the insulation and then put additional insulation around the frame so you get the maximum benefit from those windows yes um so there are small details like that which are incredibly important and then the initial air tightness test where you go around feeling for any drafts anywhere and taping over but for us this was all this was this was the fun yeah um and the, the photographing it wasn't just for the certification it was also for us we wanted to do it you don't have to do any of it but we wanted to and certainly for me i feel i know every part of the building yes from the original unkempt dilapidated site to the finished product and that that makes me feel as if i understand the house far better and we're in a we're living in a you mentioned upside down house now yes. to some people think, oh that's a little bit uh, unusual but if you were here and you could see the valley you'd understand the reasoning i'm looking beyond you one window i'm looking down the valley that direction i turn behind me, i'm looking up the valley i'm now looking out the window uh, straight in front of me I'm, I'm looking at the blue tits on their little bird table by the hedge <laughs> they're looking up the valley into the woods so i can see and it's wonderful to have this elevated position in a sitting room just looking slightly out and down onto the view beyond and yes. the views are just incredible how have you found actually living with an upside down house do you find that works for you has there been anything you oh i really wish you were on the ground floor and not upstairs have you found anything that you've has been more slightly more challenging or how how, how has the experience been today i don't think we've ever felt that we wish we were on the ground floor no um no, um, it just seems the natural way to do it. Yeah. Bringing the shopping upstairs, dare I say, how's that? How does that work? Um, it's good exercise. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's okay. We have sort of um, put provisions in for. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of building your house. So we've. Um, we want to stay here. Yeah. Yes. Permanently. Page. So should one of us end up in a wheelchair? this space outside to put a lift in. So with the underfloor heating pipes, anticipating the possibility of a lift, we've got an area of the hall which has no heating pipes. Yes. So we could drill down into the floor to put a lift in. Fantastic. That makes no difference to the, the heating. No. And if you walk across the floor when the heating is on in bare feet, you, can, you can't really tell where that patch is no. without the heating pipes. So that's future-proofing the design. It's trying to future-proof, having doors which yes. should be wide enough to take a wheelchair. And it's interesting now that I, I visited recently a home where the lady and gentleman who were, dare I say, a lot younger than us, um, and they were, they were actually so building... So many people are these days. Well, I know. <laughs> they, they were building the lift in now. The actual oh, lift wow. was going in. Yeah. And they said, again, they wanted to stay there for the rest of their life. This was their lifetime home. So they were building that in at that. And they said, well, we, we're going to do that. But what I was coming around to there is the designs of lifts, modern day lifts now, are amazing. Mm -hmm. They're very, they're actually quite attractive and mm -hmm. they're not huge. And so that's a wonderful thing about being able to design that in because you would not want to give up being sitting here on this first floor sitting room, would you really? And, and with a lift, you never, you won't have to. So that's absolutely fantastic. And the guests are back to the, back to the B&B. I know that it's promoted as a, as a, a passive house experience. 
have there been any odd questions or unusual? You sort of, and you're going to get the standard sort of question. So what are the unusual things? But it's very interesting to hear the, you know, the male and female uh, sort of angle of the questioning and sort of interest. But are there any unusual questions you've had asked you? Or what have the odd off-the-wall ones been so far? I suppose the ones which make you think are, what would you do differently if you did it again? Yes. And what's your favourite bit of the house? The latter being far more difficult to answer. What is my favourite bit? Um, I think the answer would then be, it depends on the time of the day. Yes. The fact that we've got windows nearly everywhere, which go from the floor right up, not quite to the ceiling because the ceilings are so high, produces an enormous amount of light coming in. So there's that light, airy feeling. But the fantastic views out. This, I suppose, is my favourite room because we can see in three yeah. different directions. But the bedroom, and again, this is all part of thinking things through at the design process. We can look out through the big lift and slide doors across the field and the sun comes up from the east across the window when we wake up in the morning. Coming into the hallway, the double yeah. height hallway, Lots of people this, say wow when they come through yes, the door. Yes, there's a real wow effect. I, will, I always love your staircase. Mm. Yes, It's a yeah. great staircase. Yes. It's very it impressive. Is. looks beautiful. And I think th making things like that matter when you design it has the long-term effect of you always feel good when you see something. It's not, oh, I'm just coming into the house. It's, wow. Yeah, it's I, really, after really three special years, every time. We it's still, still special. We, we still walk through the door and think oh gosh this is so lovely yes now it's interesting you mentioned about design and i always feel that when you have the opportunity to design your dream home you can never whatever you spend on design it is all the more you spend on design it is money well spent mm. and time well spent and to think it all through because the more time you spend on design and with design, design's a funny thing, isn't it? Because the cost of design, you're paying for a person's time, aren't you? And the more time you can give them, the more thought they can give your design and work with you, and the better design you will get. Yes. And if you're building a house that's going to stand for three or 400 years, we may as well spend that those extra few days, weeks, or months on the design to make sure it, it really works for you and then it'll be a beautiful design that can be passed on to future generations yes and so that that is critical and, and great to hear that that's the process i, of work I think really we well both through. agree with that oh, um, very much so the, the question what would you do differently and the answer is nothing really there are some minor things you know an, an extra three centimeters between the newel post on the staircase and the the beam above it yes. <laughs> and we could have got our fridge upstairs ah right oh, well. um, and, and that probably is the biggest thing yeah so it was spending that time thinking through working with oak rights on all aspects so the, the design of the house and the passive house thing but the design of the frame yes mm -hmm. the design of the encapsulation system and then working with the green building store exactly where is it best to put the windows within the encapsulation system to maximize the insulating effect mm. and time spent doing that mm. i think has, has really yeah. paid off in terms of 
ensuring the comfort, the light airiness, the the cons. Well, it's it's a it is a pleasure being here. You know, at no time do you think, oh, it's really cold, or oh my goodness, it's too hot, right. which you experience in other houses. Just you, you do have to it hang on to your uh, your big jumpers because when you go to see friends. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. You do need the jumpers you when really, you go elsewhere. You, yeah, you can't throw them all out. You need them. You notice. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think, obviously, one question is going to be on everybody's mind: is how much does a house like this cost to build? And also, I think, is going to be for a lot of people: how did you budget, and did the project come in near to budget or over budget? And if over, how much over budget? Okay, so. There was one thing which was what I will call, to borrow a phrase from elsewhere, a known unknown. Right, yes. <laughs> and that was the lighting. So, right. Linda probably regrets allowing me to do this, but you know, I went to town on what the lights should be, and the electrician was saying, Never seen anything like this before, mate. You know, don't quite know how long it's going to take me. So, there was an, an unknown about the cost of putting in all the electrics. Yes. So if we put that to one side, everything else came in on budget. So that's really from good pre-planning, I would say. We then. planned meticulously with Ferber Young. They were pleased that we wanted to plan to that level of detail with them. And then, as I think I may have said, the secret is to change nothing once you've agreed what will be done and what the price is So that. did you get a QS report before you started construction? Yes. So full QS report, worked through. Okay. And Ferber Young would have worked with you on that QS report? Very much so. Or to just identify where things were running over, where things were under, and how to manoeuvre things around to make sure that everything sort of came in yes. around about. So that we... Tom was encouraging us to come, you know, so you, you come along on, when can you come along? Oh, Sunday, I'll come down on Sunday. Let us show you what we've done. Yes. And so, I mean, apart from wanting to be here to see what was being done, we were also being formally shown what had been done. What, what, what did it actually end up, uh, figures-wise, square metre price sort of for the house? So it is high specification, and you don't have to go for this, the level that we went for. But if you take into account everything and that includes solicitors fees design fees planning fees materials it's about three and a half thousand pounds per square meter yes so that would be top end of build cost but what we've got is a beautiful house here that is going to stand as we've said three or four hundred years and if you're planning out and you know that up front and you accept that's what it's going to be what you've achieved is absolutely amazing yes. we don't expect to be here for quite that long not personally. Not personally. <laughs> but for the time we are going to be here, it's been well worth it just for the experience and the, the different way of living. Yes, absolutely fantastic. One of the things with uh, everybody thinks about with Passive House is doing the initial air test to prove that if, the, if all the windows are closed, that the house is airtight. And the, um, the standard is that has to be achieved is 0.6. Uh, air exchange at 50 pascals air pressure. Um, and how did we get on? So there were two air tests. Um, one at the end of the first fixed stage, so before the plasterboard goes up. Yes. Um, and that's 
is there anything that we can seal now? Well, that's very wise as well, because while before the plasterboard goes up is when, if there is something, it's easy to do something about it. Indeed. So there were lots of us all going around feeling all of the joins between the window frames and the walls and the, between the encapsulation panels where, where they yes. are joining um, and putting more air tightness tape on. It's really amazingly sticky stuff. If you sort of get it caught in your hand, you're not going to get it off again. I think tape, is that correct? Indeed, yeah. yes. Um, <laughs> guaranteed to last 100 years, but how they've tested that, I have no idea. Well, actually, there is. There was a, there was a test done by uh, some Americans uh, in, a, in a magazine called Fine Home Building. I remember seeing, and what they had done over over a three year period, but they'd put all the tape on the outside of a, a shed, right. taping different things together, and just through three winters in New England to see which was still holding together, and it was the Seeger that outperformed Brilliant. everything else wow. there. So that was a <laughs> sort of a, you know, a, a externally in the weather, non-stop. But so we got down to the air test, the we day got, so, came. So there was nervousness for the first air test, yeah. but we actually passed that. Now this is unofficial, so yes. it, wouldn't, it didn't count no. towards certification, but it meant that the builders were happy that what they'd done thus far was okay and we could only improve on it thereafter. Yes. And then the official second air test when everything else had been finished and the, the whole air test thing is that you you close everything and then put a special screen over the front door opening with a big blower in it so i think the americans call it a blower test yes and then you're blowing air into the house and later sucking air out of the house so you're actually testing all of the seals and those seals between the joins in the windows with air pushing out or sucking in so it really is quite rigorous and you have to pass the average of those two tests okay and it's far more rigorous an air test than any of the current British standard um, building standards tests. right and you passed and we passed fantastic that's good so that's that shows the gain the quality of the construction doesn't it so that's very indeed yes very hard that, to do. I think that's exclusively a measure of construction quality We've spoken that, and I've mentioned that not everybody or few people really understand what passive house is. So, and you mentioned when you arrived on our stand, you sort of thought, wow, crikey, what is this? And uh, this sounds very interesting. What have you found out about passive house since and how, how it came to be? So there were two people who came up with the idea. Perhaps the, the main one was a guy called Wolfgang Faust. German. Indeed. As you would um, expect. <laughs> and uh, yes, very precise. And I think the first passive house that was built to, to that standard was in Darmstadt in Germany 30 years ago. And my understanding is that it's still performing now as it was originally designed to. Which I think of a lot of new builds built now, standard new builds, that will not be the case. Indeed. So that, but because of the rigorous attention to detail that has to be applied to gain the passive house full certificate, there is a great chance, or almost it should be, that every passive house that has a certificate certification should, again, 30, 60 years later, still be working as designed. Quite so. And I think the main thing about passive house is the, the rigour of the design and the build to retain heat to take advantage of heat from the sun to warm the house, 
to keep the heat literally from the people who were in it and from the cooking and from the television and, and anything to maintain a pretty constant heat throughout the year. We are 20 to 21 degrees on average in the winter and 23 to 24 degrees on average in the summer. So you know, just that extra lightweight cardigan in, in the winter yeah. is, is all that you need. But also it is about an extraordinarily high indoor air quality and sense of lightness and airiness it is just a pleasure to be inside at any time of the year so really then that's it is it's the constant comfort isn't it and yes that's, that's great comfort probably is the most important word and it's because of evening out all the rigors of what's going on outside with with the climate at different times of the year to produce that constancy inside and that constant fresh air um, i like to think of it as being sort of like goldilocks it's just right the passion for building better and better and and, and seeing the passive house i saw i think it was over in germany many years ago and then led into the panel systems that we were building and then realizing that with you might have a high quality panel system, but it's how do you put that all together and integrate that into the overall home, led on to then having to um, look at the design process of how to design to a passive house standard and how to actually take it from just being to a standard to actually becoming reality of a passive house and gaining certification. And there's a great difference between saying that we build a passive house standard and actually gaining that construction to the correct level and gaining the certification. And, and that has been a, a, a challenge for us, a, a challenge we've welcomed. And the team, the architectural design team, really enjoy that side. And we're looking forward to many more passive houses in the future. And that'll be great to see. Perhaps we can invite you then to come and look at other passive, passive yeah, houses. That would be great. Perhaps yeah, have yeah. a group of yeah. owners who are yeah. the Passive House Oakwright's <laughs> Passive House Owners Group. Would be good fun, wouldn't yes. it? This was episode seven of Oakwright's In The Frame, all about Passive House. I hope you've enjoyed everything that we've been talking about regarding Passive House. And if you'd like more information, please go to the website or like and subscribe.